everybody. Welcome to the Mini Break by Cracked Rackets, your daily podcast for storylines, results, and controversy in the tennis world. Today is Wednesday, June 5th, and we're here to talk more Roland Garros action. My name is Jamie McDonald, and I'll be your host for today. And with me is my Wednesday regular, Matt Stokowiak. Matt, how you doing? Jamie, what's going on, man? Uh, it, it may be June 5th, but the, the weather out here makes it kind of feel like April 5th. I don't know about you, but... Really? Um, it's hot here, man. It is hot here. Well, in North Carolina, it's only going to get worse. So if it's anything yeah. under 85 right now, that feels like April here. Um, yeah, I think it's right in between the 80 and 85 mark for me. I'm in, I'm in Kansas City, and um, it's nice and humid, starting to get very sweaty real quick here. The walks into the office are uh, suddenly <laughs> becoming dreaded things where I show up with pit stains. So oh, boy. Try and keep those brisk. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. But, no, the weather has been good. And, hey, you know what? Overall, compared to some past Roland Garros I mean, tournaments I've seen, the rain delays actually haven't been as bad this year, at least to my, I don't know, to my observations. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, I really can't even remember, other than today briefly, I, I can't remember really any rain delays throughout this tournament so far in 2019. So Yeah, there yeah. have been a couple, but there, I remember, what was it, last year or maybe the year before, there were horrible ones that's where right. it was just taking out days at a time. Yeah, So um, good to see there, but of course, listeners, we're going to hop right into the action because there's a ton to unpack. Um, if you had the opportunity to listen to that great long pod with Matt and, and Gruskin last night, um, I'm sure that was fun in and of itself, but we're going to break down some of the action that happened uh, today for us, of course, because we're recording at night, so that would be yesterday for you all, and then preview some of the other quarterfinals that have yet to be played. Um, but before we hop into all of that, real quick, just at sort of a higher level here, I wanted to bring something up that I noticed. I was kind of looking through the draws, and I was just seeing, like, man, there were some people, granted it's a major, so someone always gets tossed a bad draw, but, man, I feel like there were some bad draws around, you know? Yeah, of course. I mean, there always is, and it's tougher when you're when you're unseated, but, I mean, even some of the seated players, I feel like, uh, got a little bit of a tough draw this time around. I mean, I think of, you know, Stan Wawrinka. I, I look at his draw, and... You know, he gets a guy, Christian Guerin, in the second round, who was obviously unseated, but has won two clay court tournaments already this year. He's having an awesome year so far. And, you know, then he gets Grigor in the third round, who's, Grigor is obviously a former top five player. He's usually seated at every major, and he happens to get him in the third. And then obviously that that match with Stefano Tsitsipas in the fourth round, which I think was probably the best match of the entire year so far. That was just unbelievable. We talked a lot yeah. about that last night. And, you know, then, of course, he gets Roger in the quarters. So, I mean, what a great draw. Sure. He, you know, and, and Stan was seated, and he, he had to he had to go through a tough draw. So, yeah, other than him, I mean, there were a few other ones as well. It's, uh, you know, these majors, man. I mean, really, it's, it's tough to get a good draw because there's just so True. many good players. Right, yeah, and it's the same thing. Of course, you could always look and say, like, wow, poor Hercatch, right? You know, guys like that, of course. Whoever's going to have to play Djokovic or Nadal or Fed first round, you know, right. obviously that's tough. But, I mean, I think out of that same section you just mentioned with Vavrinka, I mean, Dimitrov, to me, had it, had it even worse probably than Stan because not only did he run into Stan and eventually lose to him, his first round was against Tipserovic. That was an absolute grind of a match. Tipserovic, former number eight in the world player. Then he has to go play Chilich the round after that. Guy won a U.S. Open. Gets through that. Then he gets to Vavrinka, who's yeah. you know won Roland Garros and two other majors. I mean, it's just Dimitrov got a really tough draw here. And honestly, I don't see this French Open as much of a loss for him. Do you? 
Not really overall. I mean, I think he played pretty well. He exceeded my yeah. expectations. I thought he was going to lose. I had him losing to Chilich in that second yeah. round. So for me, he went around further than I thought he would. But Jamie, this is a this is a really good example of if you're if you're Grigor Dimitrov, you got to get seated, man. You yeah, got to be exactly. seated at these majors because then you're not going to run into a Marin Chilich in the second round. I feel like you know. In a way, obviously, he doesn't make the draw himself, but with the way that he's played so far this year and his results, this is what's going to happen. You know, if you if you fall out of that top 32 and you're not True. gaining a seed, then you're asking to get a rough draw. So, Yeah, and I mean, this one, yeah, no, you're, you're absolutely right. It's just funny when you map out, you know, sometimes you map out sort of like road to the title here. For Dimitrov, he would have got, <laughs> had to go through those first three. So Tipsarevich, Chilich, Vavrinka, then Tsitsipas, Fed. If he somehow got through that, of course, then it would be Nadal. Yeah. And then Djokovic, you know, assuming the seeds hold. I mean, that is a ridiculous <laughs> task for um, anybody, but um, especially Dimitrov, who has not been in great form. But no, it's just fun to bring up because you see, obviously, you know, t- draws are tough and major. Same thing with Master 1000s, just possibly um, ramped up even more so, especially if you draw one of the big guys. But, uh, you know, some of the Americans that I sort of saw and I could pull out with tough draws, I think the one I feel worst for is Tommy Paul. That one hurt me when I saw this draw come yes. out. Yeah, I I, th- I felt the same way, man. I was just, I was hurt because I was really looking forward to TP. You know, he, he earned that wild card. Yeah. He played so well in those challengers earlier, and he was really finding his groove on the clay. I thought he could, you know, depending on that draw, I had said, I think he could possibly win a round or two here. So, you know, when he draws Dominic Team, I mean, that's obviously one of the probably one of the top four guys that you do not want to draw in the first yeah. round. And, you know, he, he actually played very well. Yeah, he did. He match. took a I set mean, off he, him. Yeah, he did. I mean, and, and to me, it looked like, you know, with the exception of maybe that fourth set, but the first three sets, I think he played about as well as he possibly could have. And that was a fun match to watch. So I think he made the best of the circumstances, but man, I mean, there were so many other guys that if he could have just drew somebody else, I, he could have won. Yeah, no, for sure. Well, and then another American, too, you think about is Opelka. I mean, you had mentioned before how hot Christian Guerin's been. And, of course, who does Riley Opelka get first round? Guerin, right yep. out of the gate. Um, and so that one was also tough to see. And granted, you know, the, the Americans on clay has not exactly been our, our most favorite story to tell. But when you see draws like this, it's just it's tough to look at. You know, you also look at Mackenzie McDonald. Um I wouldn't say his was as rough as, you know, someone like Tommy Paul, but hey, I mean, he gets Nishioka, someone who's an absolute grinder and someone who beat him not long ago. If he had gotten through that, which he did and he lost in five, he would have had to play Del Potro anyway. You know, it's just, these are tough. (laughs) Yeah, they are. I mean, there's no question. And again, this is, this is what you get in the grand slams. I mean, if you're not seated yourself, you know, you're going to run into somebody probably in first or second round that you really don't want to be playing that early. But yeah, for, for Mackie, I thought that matchup with Nishioka, I was actually excited for that first round match because like you mentioned, Nishioka did beat him in Portugal, I think about a month ago. And, and this was going to be an opportunity for a little revenge. And I, I thought Mackie was maybe going to be able to pull that one off, but Nishioka was, was playing some really good tennis as well. So yeah. yeah, overall, I mean, for the Americans, if we're talking about them, definitely not the French Open that we no. uh, would have hoped for. But c- can I say that we're really shocked by the results? I would say no. prob- probably not, because we've seen this happen at Roland Garros. It's by far the Americans, at least the American men, their worst major out of the four. They they have more success at all three of the other ones. So it is yeah. what it is. I mean, one of these years, it's it, 
we'll get back. I mean, once Tommy, you know, if he can stay in there and hopefully get a better draw next time around and, you know, Taylor Fritz won around this year. So, um, you know, there's some positive things, but yeah, overall it's tough. No doubt. Yeah. Well, Hey, you know, as long as we're on the theme before we switch over to the positive part of the American on the women's side, there's one more negative that is also on the women's side to talk about. And that was a quarterfinal result from today. Sloan Stevens, Um, You know, this one was unexpected to me. She had looked like she was in pretty good form, but man, Conta just absolutely rolled her one and four. Really didn't, I mean, especially in that first set, really just did not have any trouble with Sloane Stephens at all. Yeah, I mean, Conta played very well. I I was actually a little bit surprised. I picked Sloane Stephens to win this match, and I told Gruskin yesterday that I thought she was going to be definitely the favorite to get to the final out of that bottom half of the draw, and, and Conta really... She proved me wrong, man. I mean, she was ripping the ball, really hitting solid ground strokes from the back of the court. And Sloan just couldn't find her range. I mean, she just, her game, you could tell in in that first set that she just wasn't feeling it. And I think a lot of that had to do with, you know, the way that Joanna Conta was playing, to be honest. I I think that was a a big deal. So, yeah, for Conta, it's great because she, she has not had the best year uh, by any means, and especially on clay, she had been struggling on on clay. So for her to actually now be in the semifinals at Roland Garros, I mean, I think if you would have told her that before the tournament, she would have been ecstatic. So yeah. it's it's been a great tournament for her, and you know, I, I think she can even get to the final. Yeah, and I will say this: I mean, Joanna Conta, she had had some success, I think, right leading up to the French Open. Before that, um, as you had mentioned, it, it hadn't looked. Phenomenal. I mean, she had she had had some good results. She had also had some unfortunate ones. But I mean, she reached what a couple finals, and in Italy, she lost the final to Pliskova. She'd actually beaten Sloan in that tournament as well, and she had beaten Venus and Vondrasova, another um, fellow quarterfinalist in the French Open. So I mean, I think she's had some good wins. It's just impressive to see her be able to string it together on this stage. Um, and so, yeah, unfortunate to see that American, um, go out in that regard, but you know, Hey, stay with us. Cause we've still got Madison keys and Anisimova in there. So don't worry. The positive is coming. Uh, but the other quarterfinal that did happen today, Vondrasova, um, took out Martich six and five, which gave her a berth into the semis. But as I mentioned, some positive for the Americans here, Madison keys taken on Ash Barty and then Anisimova has to take on Simona Halep. What do you think on those two? Uh, look, I I really like Amanda Anisimova's game. I, I was telling Gruskin again yesterday on the pod that out of all the young American women, um, you know, that doesn't include Sloane Stevens, that does not include Madison Keys, but all of the young mm-hmm. ones like, a, you know, a Sophia Kennan and a Coco Goff and a Whitney Oswege and, you know, all of them, I... I like Amanda Anisimova's game the best, and I think she has the all-around best game. I think she has the most potential. She does everything well, and, I mean, she's in the quarters here. She's 17 yeah. years old. It's it's phenomenal. I To be honest, though, I, I don't really like her chances against Simona Halep. I mean, Halep has won the French. She's the defending champ. She's really playing well. I mean, Halep in her last couple of matches has hardly dropped any games. I mean, she won like 1-0 and and 2-1, and just something absurd. Yeah. So she's really starting to find her game right now. I think it's a scary matchup for Ansimova in this round. But, hey, I mean, to get to the quarters is a major accomplishment. I think she should feel good with that. And, of course, she has a fighting chance. I mean, I don't want to write her off by any means. But if I was sure. betting on it, I'm, I'm going to bet on Halep in that one just – from an experience standpoint and, sure. and, you know, being comfortable on the clay, maybe if it was on a hard court, I, I would think a little bit differently. 
Um, but yeah, no, I mean, I love Amanda Anasimova's game. I think she's a future top 10 or future top five, possibly even number one in the world. I think she'll win majors. She's that good. Um, yeah. as far as Madison, yeah, she's, yeah. she's, she's really good, man. She just, she has everything. She has every shot. She moves pretty well mentally. She's strong. And remember she's only 17, so she's right. only going to get better. Um, for sure. As far as Madison Keys over Barty, I think that's a tricky matchup. It's kind of a contrast yeah. of styles, right? Keys is going to sure grip is. it and rip it, and Barty's a little more finesse. Come to the net, slice off the backhand side, things like that. So it's really – this match is going to be about who can impose their style of play and and just see that through all the way to the end. And, I mean, I think if Madison Keys is on and, and her shots are falling and she's finding the court, I think she wins this match. I, I think she can do it. If she's a little bit yeah. off, though, and she's making some errors and she sprays that ball a little bit like we've seen her do, Ash Barty will take this match because Barty is – I really like her yeah. game as well. I mean, the variety that she has in her game, we don't typically see that off the women's side. We, we really don't. So she's a different kind of player on the WTA Tour. I really like her. I think it's a super interesting matchup. I mean, obviously, I hope Keys can pull it out, but uh, I don't know. She's going to have to be on. I mean, let's let's put it that way. If she's If she's not feeling it, then Ash Barty will take that. No, that's for sure. And I mean, as you were talking about Barty, I mean, she just, she has the ability to make players very uncomfortable. Um, she messes with the rhythm and, you know, hopefully Keys will be able to combat that because of course, Madison Keys just wants to, you know, have similar balls over and over from the, from the baseline and just rip it over and over and over. And um, Barty's going to be giving her a lot of different looks. Now, like you said, I mean, so many of these points are just going to be on Madison's racket, right? I mean, she's going to be able to dictate play a lot of times in terms of just pace and power. Um, and so, yeah, if the shots yeah. are landing, you know, she could be in good shape here. But um, I could also see this one going real south, like you said, if she's not on it. Um, and, and as for the Halep and Samova match, you know, I mean, just in those big moments especially, you, you mentioned the experience. Halep's just going to make it so difficult to finish off those points, those big-time break points, those game points. You know, she's going to make it so hard for Anasimova. Um, and just even harder given that, that all of that is just amplified given the stage um, and the setting of Roland Garros itself. So both are really just going to be great matches, I think. Um, and so, of course, we are rooting for the Americans over here. But uh, it's time <laughs> to return to a place where there are no Americans left, and that is the men's side. Uh, briefly to recap, you on the uh, most recent matches. Nadal takes out Nishikori in a very, very convincing fashion. Loses five games, wins 6-1, 6-1, 6-3. Yeah, I don't know what, I don't know how much there is to say on this one. Yeah, I mean, doesn't this seem a a little bit of a recurring story that we talk about every major about Nishikori, you know, playing some grueling matches earlier in the tournament and then reaching the quarterfinals stage and, and just bowing out like miserably I mean it seems like I remember in Australia the same thing happened when he lost to Novak and it was just it was kind of ugly and I I remember last year I think at Wimbledon the same thing happened so I feel like for Nishikori it's so tough because he plays so well like early in the tournament he gets some good matches under his belt but then He'll, he'll run into a match where he's got to go five, and, and he played two back-to-back five-setters in the third round and then in the round of 16, and he just had yeah. he had nothing left in the tank for Rafa. And, I mean, if you no, if, yeah. if you have nothing left in the tank for Rafa on clay at the French, you're screwed. <laughs> and sure. so you And, I mean, yeah. No, I mean, that's, that's, that's definitely true. And when you talk about the Australian Open as well, you know, you, you come to think of it, do you think that the lack of success against sort of the big guys in the latter stages, 
do you think it's more about him not being physically fresh? Because like you said, I mean, I, I'm trying to remember back to Australian Open. I think I think he met Djokovic in the quarters. He ended up retiring. He lost the first set 6-1. Then I think he retired when he was down 4-1. But right. prior to that, he had played three five-setters. Exactly. Um, and, and his last one was 7-6 in the fifth over Karina Busta. Don't worry. I didn't know that off the top of my head. I definitely looked it up. <laughs> um, but, uh, I mean, yeah, you bring up a good point because then it also takes him five sets to take care of Benoit Pair yes. here in France. And so, I mean, how much of you think it is that versus just simply not having the game to stand up to these guys in the big in the big stage? I mean, I, I, yeah, I think a lot of it's physical. I mean, let's be fair to him. I mean, Kenny Shikori can play with these top players. We know he can. It would just be nice sure. to see him do it 100%, you know, physical health. He just, he, he was gassed and you could tell. I mean, I, I want to see him like, it would be great if he could play one of these guys in like the second round. I mean, obviously that's not going to happen because of his seed and, and they'll never meet each other that early, but at mm-hmm. least he'd be fresh, right? I mean, he would, he would feel good and it's whenever he gets to these later stages of the tournament, he's just he's not ready to go, and so he 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 can't play his best game. And really, I mean, it's yeah. it's disappointing because he just he can't put up much of a fight. I mean, we know when he's at his peak. I mean, this is a guy that's made the finals of a Grand Slam before. I mean, he's he's a super good player, but yeah, physically it's tough for him. And again, he's not right. the biggest guy. I mean, it goes to show you the rigors of the tour, man. I mean, if you're Nishikori, is probably five ten max. I mean. He has to grind for everything. It shows how tough it really is on the sure. body. And then when you're going five sets, you know, back-to-back rounds, I mean, it's only natural that the human body isn't going to respond the way that you want it to. So, no, to answer your question, I, I it's more physical. I mean, I think Kenny Shikori is a phenomenal player. He's a top 10 player for mm-hmm. a reason. He can play with all the top guys, but it just seems like in slams, whenever he reaches – that stage where he's running into the Rafas and the Rogers and the Novaks, he's just not physically ready to go. Right. And then you yeah. kind of you see what happened today. Yeah, and I mean his last two matches here in Roland Garros have been five setters that he barely squeaked out in the fifth. And so, yeah, when you when you put that sort of body on body of work, you know, I guess on your body, it's it's very difficult to sort of come back and be like, wow, yeah, okay, now I get to play Nadal, who by the way is incredibly fresh. Lost that one set to Gofen, but other than that, had absolutely no challenges. And even in that Gofen match, his other sets weren't really super taxing for him. So, no, I mean, it's tough when you see that. He ran up against Nadal, who not only is on clay and in form, but fresh. Um, I don't think anyone gave Nishikori much of a fighting chance, and especially that first set. I mean, after that first few games, it was like, ah, this is this is not going to be good. However... I will say this. He didn't he I mean he did show some fight at the beginning of the second. Did he he got a break, right? He did. Yeah, he did in the beginning of that second set, but it, mm-hmm. it didn't last long. <laughs> well, no. No, it was the only game he got right. in that second set. <laughs> uh, but no, I yeah, I mean I think like you said, a lot of times he could play with them, but especially uh with, with all that that had taken toll on his body and it's Rafa. Um, so I don't think he was expected to win this, even if they were on sort of level footing right. here. But regardless, let's get into the match that was a little bit more entertaining, to say the least, um, and set up the great Federer and Nadal semifinal that I guess everyone was just sort of waiting for. But Federer, before he got there, had to take out Stan Wawrinka, 7-6, 4-6, 7-6, 6-4. And, you know, 
this one, I was really just impressed that this was a great match. Vavrinka, you know, as you mentioned, has had a very tough draw, and the fact that he was able to come back and be ready physically, take a set off Federer, and make the rest of it very, very competitive, I don't know, that impressed me in and of itself. Yeah, no, me too. I mean, I agree. Stan, Stan's a true pro, man. I mean, you know, some of these guys we talk about and they, you know, I don't know, I'm not going to mention any names, but I just don't know if they do the little things day in, day out, mentally, physically, to really just be a true pro and get themselves 100% ready to play. But I mean, Stan does that. And, you know, he had a brutal match with Sitsipas mm-hmm. in the fourth round, match of the year, in my opinion. And, he, yeah, he came out and he was ready to play, man. I mean, he was right there with Roger. I think overall, if we're really looking at this match, though, I, for Roger, I just I look at those break point opportunities, yeah. man. He had 18 break yeah, points. He, he went two of 18. He only converted two. I mean, the entire match, it was just like he would every single service game of Stan, he would he would find himself with break points, and then. Yeah. You know, Stan would – credit to Stan, though. He would come up with his best tennis, you know, when he was down in those adverse situations sure. and play and, really yeah. good. So yeah. I, I think for Stan, you know, he did pretty much everything that he could have. I didn't expect him to win this match. He got a set, and he played well against Roger. But, yeah, Roger was fresh, man, and it showed. I mean, he served pretty well, I think, in the beginning of the match. He, I think – Rogers serving got a little bit worse as the match went on and you know into that fourth set he wasn't serving at quite as high of a percentage as he was earlier in the beginning he was serving pretty well but sure um I think overall you look at it I mean Fed hits 53 winners to 49 unforced errors he's positive there uh you know that's a good sign and yeah he just he was able to sneak out um you know that that first set breaker and really that third set breaker and that was the story of the match yeah. so for sure. And, you know, it's interesting you say that, too. With If you're looking at this on paper, or even if you were watching it, you saw how many 30-all games, you know, was Vavrinka serving on. You know, that's exactly. just, it's, it's stressful. But, you know, I, I thought the same thing, too, in the Sitsipas match. I mean, yes, he put himself in trouble the whole time. And so I think part of it, you talk about, wow, man, he's really, he's really having a difficult time holding here. But the other part of it is, hey, he's in bad situations and he keeps digging himself out. That's right. Um, and I think that's one thing that we've been able to credit Stan um, throughout his career is, man, does this guy play well in the big moments? Not, I mean, you can look at it at sort of a bigger scale. Um, I mean, if you, if you go look at his final records in tournaments, and it's, it's incredible. I mean, what he does in the finals, I think he's lost, what is it, one now? Maybe two, I can't remember. Um, but for a long time, he was undefeated in finals. Because um, once he got to that big stage, man, he was locked in. And it's sort of, it's the same thing. And the big points, man, he plays so well. Defended his serve incredibly and got himself out of many, many um, dicey situations. Not only in Sitsipas match, but in this match against Federer as well. Because had he not, this would have been over in a flash. Yeah, no, I, I agree 100%. I mean, it's it's big match Stan. We know that he comes up with his best stuff when his back's against the wall. And that's why I love watching him because mm-hmm. you always know. I mean, if he's playing in a big match or on a big stage against a big-time player, that he's going to be there and, and he's going to do some crazy stuff. So, yeah, Stan, I mean, I, I've always loved watching him. I mean, the one-handed backhand, I, I'm, I show favoritism to players with one-handed backhands. But um, his is just incredible and – yeah, no, I mean, Roger was just, you know, when he had to, he was coming into the net. He, he approached the net 60 times in this match. He went 41 of 60. That's a pretty good percentage against a guy like Stan who can rip passing shots. 
So, I mean, Roger did what he had to do, but Stan definitely made it a little uncomfortable uh, overall. I mean, it was a good match, and, you know, I, I think Roger needed a match like that, to be honest, you know, going into the semis against Rafa because Fed was just cruising. I mean, those first four rounds uh, were a walk in the park. He had hardly spent any time on the court, so... Maybe after playing Stan here, he can he can you know start to feel it a little bit more, and obviously he's going to have yeah. to bring another level against Rafa. Oh, absolutely! And now, real quick on this too, I think it's great to even mention. I mean, look, Vavrinko. If you listen to his um, his press conference afterward, he was happy to, that he could even physically put this out there. I mean, you, you talk about someone who's been battling with injuries, got down to two sixty in the world after having those two knee surgeries, and um, it was just great to see him back. And like I said, as we know, he is the big moments guy. The the, the reference, what I was referencing earlier in terms of statistics, was that run where he had in I think it was twenty fourteen through twenty sixteen somewhere in there. The guy just kept winning finals no matter who it was against um of course that had to come to an end and it did but like we said that's big moments stan and that's the tennis that he plays but federer gets himself a chance against nadal now and um i mean that's the one we've all been waiting for obviously except um, for gruskin well i yeah i don't want to talk about him he's <laughs> he's he's so bored of the narrative but in terms of the other 99 percent, everyone's been waiting for that one uh but you know that's on right. the other side of the bracket we can't forget we've got some big names over there too Upcoming matches, we've got Djokovic against Zverev and Team against Hachinov. Initial thoughts on those? Yeah, I, I mean, look, I, I think I, I obviously favor Novak. Sure. I mean, against against Zverev, sure. I I thought Zverev, and we've talked about this before, Jamie, but for Zverev to be at the position that he's at, I think he's pretty good. I had him losing to Fognini in that round of sixteen match, so. He, I picked that one wrong, so he's already exceeded my expectations, but I think it's going to be really tough for him against Novak. I mean, Joker is really, really looking good. I mean, again, he, he has hardly been on the court. He's just steamrolling opponents, and he kind of has that look in his eye like, you know what, I've won the last three slams you know, here at Roland Garros, I can make it four in a row and get the Joker slam again for the second time in my career. And when he gets that look, man, it's just, it's so scary to play Novak because he just goes into that mode where he's machine-like and it's, nobody wants to play him. So I think Zverev is in for a serious battle and I, I look for Novak to come out of there, whether it's in, you know, three sets, four sets, I don't know. But we'll see what Zverev can do. I mean, he really has yeah. nothing to lose. I hope he goes out there and he plays aggressively and he just – he tries to take it to Novak because yeah. if he plays that game where he kind of sits behind the baseline and tries to rally it out, that's not going to work. He will not win that match. He's got to take it to Novak, be aggressive, be super aggressive on second serve return points and just take advantage of his opportunities. So I, I think it has the potential sure. to be a good match. We'll see, though. I'm, yeah, no, I I'm think, picking Novak. Yeah, I think that's – yeah, I mean that's definitely fair. I think anyone who's really betting on this, um, at least seriously, is, is probably in the same camp as you, at least the majority of folks. But, you know, I will say Zverev, for all the talk we've given him about, you know, poor major results, I mean we got we can't forget, A, this guy is incredibly young, incredibly athletic, and can pull out wins. I mean he has looked very good on the clay in the past. He's beaten Djokovic – before it's not something he's never done he beat it he beat him in the world tour finals back in london and he also i think two years ago actually beat him yeah um, on the clay did. in rome so he can do it and he has done it 
Um, so I think that's sort of the mindset he's got to have. But in terms of, you know, who's favorited for this match, who's looked better as of late, of course, you got to go with Djokovic. He's steamrolled his way through the draw versus Zverev, who has already played two five-setters and had, um, you know, four-setter against Fonini after dropping the first right. one. So, of course, physically, you think Djokovic is going to come in fresher, so that just gives him even more of an edge than he possibly would have had to begin with. But regardless, I think we're in for some good tennis. But, um, you know, and hopefully, you know, hopefully it's not just kind of Zverev dying out and fizzling out you know i don't i don't want to see a three-setter where the last set is six one. i know that's not that's that's, that's really what i'm hoping to not see here you you and me both man well fair enough but i think one that i well i don't know in my mind i think is kind of more probable to be really competitive is the other one team and hatchinov hatchinov man he looked good in his match his last match yeah, well, he's looked really good this entire tournament. I mean, I'm I'm super excited that he's in the quarters here. I think he deserves it. He's had a rough year. I was telling Gruskin last night that uh, Hatchinoff entered Roland Garros with a 10-12 and 12 record on the year. Yeah, he had a losing good. record. So he's really kind of turned, started to turn his year around right now. And I can tell you what, Jamie, there's going to be a lot of big hitting in that match with Dominic Team. I mean, they are going to be ripping the ball, and it's going to be yeah. fun to watch. Um, yeah. At the end of the day, I still favor Dominic Team. I mean, I think he's, he's you know, could possibly get to the finals of this tournament. He's done it before. He's yeah. arguably, you know, the second best club court player in the world right now uh behind rafa a lot of people you know share that feeling so we'll see what mm-hmm. happens hatchinoff definitely has the potential though for upset alert i mean if you're yeah. team you have to be ready because hatchinoff is the kind of player that can take the racket out of your hand a little bit he can serve huge he can rip from the baseline he moves well for his size he can play absolutely huge tennis, and and he did that against Del Potro in the last round. He played, yeah. He played big, and it showed. So yeah, he did. I, I, yeah, that's true. I, I I think one thing for me too with Hatchinov. I mean, I think physically he's going to be feeling great going into this match because, truthfully, I mean his road to this stage. Talk about one of the better draws for someone who isn't Djokovic or Nadal. Yes. Um, the way this one unfolded for him was really really good. I mean. Look, his third round was Cleason yes. to get to Del Potro, who had struggled through a couple of matches and was clearly not at his peak and was hurting with the knee as well. I mean, so the, this draw definitely opened up nicely for him. But, you know, now it's time, as we'd say from Zombieland, it's time to nut up or shut up here. He's got Dominic team, and it's it's going to be a tough match. It is. I, it is. I, I think... I mean, again, if, if I have to pick it, I'm going to go with Dominic Team. I think, probably in For four sure. or five sets. But Hatchinoff has that upset alert ability, man. So I'm just saying, if you're if your team, just be prepared. And, and he will. It's a quarterfinal yeah. of the French Open. I mean, he's not going to take Hatchinoff lightly at all. So, no. yeah, I think, you know, if we're, if we're comparing the Djokovic-Zverev match to the Team-Hatchinoff match, I think the Team-Hatchinoff match – could be could be more exciting i really do i think it could be close yeah i think it could be closer and i think there's there's more potential there for upset alert so we'll see how it goes but at the end of the day i'm probably looking for novak to face off against dominic team for a spot in the final that's that's what i'm that's what i'm gonna go with sure 
No, I think that's the favorite. And unfortunately, well, I don't know about you, but um, you know, I don't know how much I'll be able to see of this tomorrow, which is is sad. But you know, and it's also kind of a traditional thing too. I think they have these matches play at the same time, and so that just makes it even harder because uh, I'm pretty sure they're both slotted for eight fifteen Central. Yeah, um, which would be Djokovic, Zverev, on Chatrier, and then um, Team and Hatchinov getting the long one court. But um, yeah, so that that's a little unfortunate. But you know what? If I'm if I have the ability to pick one, I'm probably going to be cl- keeping a closer eye on the team hatching off just for the reasons you talked about. Yeah, agreed. But nonetheless, it's going to be a fun day. Listeners, thank you for joining with joining us today. And Matt, uh, you know, hey, we recorded a little earlier today. Didn't take too long. Hopefully, that was a better uh, sort of Tuesday night routine for you. Did, did Gruskin <laughs> wear you out more than I did? Oh man, I was worn out. <laughs> it was it was crazy. No, it was a lot of fun though. I mean, everybody should check out that pod if they haven't heard it. We we go pretty in depth. We talk about everything. So um, yeah, that was a fun one, man. But of course, it's always a pleasure. Always a yeah. pleasure doing these with you, man. This was yeah. this was fun. So well, thank you for being my Wednesday regular and listeners. Hope you guys have enjoyed Roland Garros thus far um, as much as we have and continue to watch it. Uh, Matt, what do we say to our listeners? That's a break. All right, and we'll catch you guys next time. Thank you.